What's that on up yonder? Why, it looks like two hillbillies talking about mini trucks to me. <laughs> Y'all are fixing to listen to the voice of the lowlife. Gather around and revel in the good word of the lowest common denominator podcast. Mini truck and nationals canceled. Laid out at the park. Gone forever. Rod run. No, they didn't postpone Rod Run. Where are we going to take our fox bodies? Fresh from the hills and hollers of eastern Kentucky and right here in central Appalachia, this is the Lowest Common Denominator podcast. I'm LMC and this is my co-host, Shay Mullins. Oh. You know, you're going to have to come up with something better than that. No. At the, no. <laughs> this is Sunday, March 22nd. It is 7.29 p.m. And if you are in the mini truck world... You know exactly what happened just a scant few hours ago. We discussed the possibilities in the last part of the episode, but now it has come to fruition. We all hate to say this, Mini Truck and Nationals postponed. Dun, dun, dun. And tonight, we have an excellent special guest, somebody I've been promising you for quite a while now, that not only is on here to talk about his own wonderful projects and amazing upcoming event, but he's going to give his expert opinion on what's going on. Of course, I'm talking about Negative Camber member, Mighty Max expert, purveyor of marbleized paint jobs once upon a time, and the co-promoter of the fastest growing one-day massive mini truck event right here in the mountains, East Tennessee Showdown. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about Justin Wyatt. Justin, thank you for joining Shay and myself. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, it is such an honor to have you on. You know, the way the world has been working the last couple of weeks, I put you off and put you off, and I couldn't feel any worse for that. So my sincerest apologies for doing that to you, but thank you for hanging with us and making yourself available on this Sunday evening. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to it all week, uh, getting hooked up with you and Shay and, and being able to discuss some mini trucks, some shows, and some possibilities of uh, moving some dates around, it looks like. Well, you say some possibilities, man. There's a lot of possibilities on the horizon right now, and I have never seen in my many, many years of being a mini trucker the flux and the dynamic changes that we are seeing currently this moment. Shay, have you ever seen anything like this? No, I've never been around a toilet paper apocalypse in my life. You know, not even talking about the toilet paper apocalypse, but if nothing else, the unsuredness of everything. People don't know what to do. They don't know whether they should cancel reservations. They should plan to go to shows if they should stay in the house. You know, in the last episode, we interviewed Dr. Byron Thomas, and Dr. Byron Thomas kind of broke a lot of people's hearts because not only did he say you have to shave your beard and mustache, mm. but he said you need to stay home and drink unsocially. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> we have Justin White here, and we are going to talk about this. This is not the line of questioning that we originally thought we were going to ask you. We thought we were going to be a build-up piece for East Tennessee Showdown, get to talk about the history of the show, and we will. We'll definitely discuss that a little bit. But right now, since we have your ear, what is your take on what is going on in the mini-trucking world right here in the mountains? Well, obviously, people's safety and health is first and foremost, guys. Um, after listening to your uh, last podcast with uh, Dr. Byron, uh, I'll be honest with you. After I listened to it, I've been steadily plucking away on my Mitsubishi, uh, trying to get stuff done for show season. And after I listened to it, I ain't been in the garage since. I mean, I've been in the garage, but I ain't done anything to it because I know that it was inevitable that we were going to be on kind of a, a delay or a halt uh Kind of like NASCAR. We're, we'll get back to it. We just don't know when we're going to. But people's safety is obviously number one and uh, as promoters and uh, as showgoers and participants of this scene. I, I'm sorry. We need to I'm all sorry. be responsible. I'm sorry, Justin. Did you say NASCAR? I thought I didn't realize I had RJ on the phone with me. You know, <laughs> people say, people, people say, you know, there's white and there's NASCAR white. I'm NASCAR white, okay? <laughs> Speed up, slow down, <laughs> turn left, repeat 500 times. Okay, moving, moving around along. The sanctuary of your garage, the place that you go to ground yourself and find a moment of levity, now it's become a den of insincerity. I mean, you, you don't know what's going to happen, and you can't help but go out there and wonder, you know, what's the point? Why am I even doing this right now? Am I going to have anywhere to show off this year? Am I even going to be able to go hang out in the parking lot with my buddies? Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. We don't know what the future holds, obviously, for, uh, you know, events for months to come i mean i don't know how long this is going to last nobody does you know no. listening to your podcast you know the doctor said you know it just really depends on 
a lot of situations, if the uh, the temperature, you know, obviously humidity, temperature outside, all that stuff's going to be a factor as to how long this uh, virus is going to survive. And um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of in a place of uncertainty as well as a lot of other people. And I'll get the truck put back together and, and be ahead of schedule, I, I believe, because, I mean, I'm going to have plenty of time to self-isolate at home. So, <laughs> you know, um, I might as well get it done, but no, I absolutely. don't know if it'll be anywhere. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because you are the co-promoter of East Tennessee Showdown. And, and as, as we mentioned earlier, East Tennessee Showdown is the largest one-day event. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but East of the Mississippi, it is a massive show, and the quality is top-notch. And you will not find a more organized and better put-together event here in the mountains. I mean, it is absolutely should be 1A or 1B on everybody's list. And I'm, I'm proud as hell that I've been to the last couple of them. And, and I love the fact that I am friends with you guys and I get to see the behind-the-scenes a little bit. It's nice to be a little bit included in that and see how hard you guys work because I really appreciate that from my perspective. And people don't understand how hard you guys actually work to put on an event and people don't understand how hard people like Jason Bell work to put on this event. But I believe right now, people are finally getting a clue of just how much work goes into this. How much heartache and stress and despair. Luckily, I'm a retired show promoter. <laughs> but as of this moment, neither you or I are in Jason's position. And I really feel for him. I'm sure you do, too. Jason's a really good friend of mine. I think the world of him. Honestly, doing East Tennessee Showdown, two ways I like to do things. I try to look at things. I want to, I want to be, as a promoter, you know, and, I, and of course I've got a team behind me, but I'm kind of the voice of the show. I'm the, the people, the people's person, I guess you could say. I'm, I'm the face of the show. In that position, I'll... Honestly, Jason Bell is a person that I look up to that I want to be more like because he's so humble, he's so he's so kind-hearted, he's a great person, and he does this for all the right reasons. Same way that when you did Heritage, you did it for all the right reasons. Oh, Justin, Justin, no, go so ahead. H-word. We don't we don't say the H word on here. We don't we don't say the H word. <laughs> ah, okay. I don't know what you're talking that, about. That, okay, that show that that a, that a guy in Kentucky did one time that Some was a great belly. event. I look up to that guy. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that greatly. And we'll never discuss it again. Thank thank God that time of my life is over. <laughs> well, let's it's, be honest, guys. Being a show promoter is not a fun gig. You don't even get to enjoy your own show. No, absolutely not. My co-host, Shay Justin, used to put on a mini truck show here in the mountains called The Revival. And it oh, no, on. no. We ain't bringing that. Don't uh, worry. Am, am I not allowed to say that either? Well, you know what, Shay? <laughs> this was my deal first, so suck it, buddy. I'm going to talk about it. But, but Shay actually comes from the same experiences that you and I do. He put on, and he struggled with the same things it's as awful. far as dealing with cities, trying to get permits, insurances, advertising, things of that nature. And you, it's a year-long job. To do it right, you literally, it is a year-long job. And I'm sure that, that you obviously... Uh, as well as Jason, doesn't get a moment of respite, you know, no rest. Uh, you do this constantly, and it's always weighing on you in the back of your head, you know, have I missed something? Did I forget to advertise somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, you know, my hat's off to you, sir, in this position. Let's kind of steer this a little bit. Let's think positively. The things that I have heard, and again, we are lucky enough to work in the medical profession. Well, I don't know if that's lucky right now or not, but yeah. we do get to hear some things that some people haven't had the opportunity to hear yet. We recently had our first case of the COVID-19 pandemic in eastern Kentucky. Ironically, it is somebody from New York that was traveling to see family, and they tested. So, you know, New York. But <laughs> that, that being said, this is a time that we have to look forward to the positive side of things. We have to be vigilant in our care and very, uh, you know, pay a lot of attention to what we're doing right now as far as self-isolation, following the CDC recommended procedures, things of that nature. But we have to look forward to a sunrise after this is all over. And I've heard six weeks. I've heard three months. Just so happens in three months, theoretically, East Tennessee Showdown could be the first major show of the year. You know, does that, I don't want to say frighten, but does that enhance your expectations? Does that make you a little bit more, I guess, antsy with what's coming down the road? Um, honestly, it doesn't really change anything on as far as the uh, promoter standpoint of it. We're going to do the same things we've been doing for the last six months, ever sure. since uh, the last yeah. event. We're going we're gonna to build up our, our uh, audience. We're going to keep pushing on the event. We're going to keep building up our sponsors and, and our vendors for you know sticking with us 
uh, every year and making it possible for us to do this. And unlike unlike anything you know else that people don't, a lot of people from the outside don't see this, but it is what it is. We're gonna you know I can't guarantee we're gonna have. X amount of cars or X amount of people or anything. It's all just a gamble. Kind of like the rest in, rest in peace, you know, Kenny Rogers, you know, he, he said, you know, you got to know when to throw them and know when to hold them and, and uh, uh, walk uh, away and run. You hey, know? hey, Justin, man, come on now. At this point, we've talked about Moonshine, NASCAR, and Kenny Rogers. <laughs> At what point did I tell you this is WSM out of Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. The first thing I heard on this whole thing was straight out of the hills of Kentucky, okay? So, you know what? You guys already got a weeks and bounds hillbilly over me, okay? See, I, I can think, like NASCAR, country music, and Kenny Rogers. But I think there's a huge <laughs> difference between hillbillies and rednecks. And to me, country music and NASCAR is more on the redneck side. Just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. I, okay. I now, like bass fishing, too. Oh dear no, God! Hard pass. Hard pass okay, I'm just I'm just playing with you, man. And, and again, I'm I love the fact that you're so good natured about this. You and I have ribbed each other for years over random things, <laughs> and, and I would have expected anything less. And I hope you didn't expect anything less from me. Um, oh, absolutely not. So anyway, all that being said, this is kind of a hard question to ask. If God forbid, if we are still in a holding pattern by the time East Tennessee Showdown rolls around, are you? Do you have any contingency plans in place? If nothing else, Jason and many Nats was blindsided by this. The amount of just panic, and I hate to use that word, but the amount of panic that happened within just two weeks. Uh, I've never seen anything like it since 9-11, in all sincerity. That's what it reminds me of. And he was blindsided with it. You were in the position, a more advantageous position, that you can at least plan a little bit ahead. Have you thought about things like that? Is there contingency plans in place, or have you put thought into what-ifs? And again, forgive me for being negative, but, you know, that brings up some interesting questions. Well, obviously, you know, I've thought about it. I haven't really spoken to the rest of the team about it we've all kind of been doing our own thing everybody's been busy we are all still working um luckily and thankfully you know to god right now that that every one of uh the the members of my team are still at work and and have jobs to do even when some's been sent home in the back of my head to answer your question we will reschedule the good thing about being at the distillery is tiny and the crew at east tennessee distillery are 100 percent east tennessee showdown they do anything we ask them. They pretty much let us have free reign to do what we want to do to put on a good show and a good event for everybody. So if it does come down the ropes that it's not in the cards to do it on our date, depending on where the, the standpoint of the world is with the virus and, and you know all of that, we will uh, simply just have to, to chalk it up, look for another date, and come back and try to be as strong as we were going to be you know, on June You know, luckily you've established this show so much that you have a built-in following that's going to follow you no matter what, no matter when you have to reschedule. Well, speaking of followings, if if this is the first show of the year, let's just say it is, um, you're talking everybody in the whole scene was going to show up for it because they're going to be cooped up forever. You got any plan for if you double or triple your amount of spectators? Oh, yeah, Justin. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were, what, pushing about 350, 400 last year, give or take? I mean, what, happen- what happens yeah. when you get 800 trucks coming in? 900. <laughs> well, obviously, we're going we're gonna to handle business. Um, I've, got, I've got Bobby Wilson, and, and he's our, our head judge. He sure. is a beast. If anybody can do it, he can do it. I'm not going to say it's going to be as smooth as years past. But I will promise everybody will get in, judge fairly, and we will get them parked. I don't know if I got to call in, you know, I guess my own National Guard to say I've got plenty of friends in the scene. So if I got to start pulling people off the show field and, and put East Tennessee Showdown shirts on them and tell them start parking cars in that field, that's what I'm going to do. So, But so, there is one good point. Let me, let me throw this out here. Absolutely. I do have one thing that's really going to help me on this. We are on the same weekend. They, they rescheduled. Scraping the Coast. Scraping the Coast was the weekend before our show previously, which was Father's Day weekend. I avoided that weekend on purpose. Obviously. Um, because in the past, you know, when I did Bordertown Showdown previously before East Tennessee Showdown, we did it that weekend, and I had a lot of feedback from people that I would have came, but it was Father's Day weekend, you know, want to spend time with family, want to spend time with their kids. Absolutely. You know, obviously, and I understand that. Scraping the Coast moved their weekend. If we were to perhaps be the first show of the year we would it, it would honestly work out i think because 
I, I'm not one of those people that, hey, just come to our show, forget those guys. You know, we're all here for the same reason. That's to have, you know, badass rides and have a good show and, and enjoy the scene together. So with Scraping the Coast being the same weekend, it, I think it would equal out. I'm not going to say that we uh, we wouldn't grow, but I don't think it would be a surge to the point that we couldn't handle so East Tennessee show East Tennessee showdown is now the same weekend as scraping the coast because they moved their date. Yes, sir. Why did they move their date? Yes. Do you know? Uh, just due to Father's Day weekend, they uh, they came off of uh, the the prior weekend and, and moved the week ahead. And honestly, we didn't notice it until probably probably been about three months ago. I was talking to Jason from uh, our lifestyle podcast, and he's like, "Man, he's like, I'm gonna have to." Uh, to do some different things this year. He's going to send Josh Ellis out to our show to uh, to rep OLP. But, you know, Greg Miller and, and his staff of uh, Scraping the Coast are huge supporters of uh, OLP, so um, they've got to be there at that show. And, and there's two of them. There's Mike and Jason, and Jason will be at uh, Scraping the Coast, and Mike is actually on vacation that week and won't be able to make any events. So we're going to bring Josh Ellis, and Josh Ellis is going to do his thing for – them at our event and you know no hard feelings i mean you know those guys help pay the bills for them and you know support the ones support you well did they at least reach out to you uh after the fact and say oh man you know we didn't realize this was the same weekend we're sorry no no okay i haven't heard anything from scraping the coast interesting very interesting you know that's that's one thing that drives me nuts there's not that many weekends that are viable for what we do and i i wish there was a clearinghouse almost dare I say, a mini-truck council or something that, you know, would just kind of keep an eye on these things. Hey, look, you know, these two shows will overlap. These are both national shows of high quality. Let's let's put it back a week or two, guys. Come on. It's not that big of a deal. My my thought process on it is I wasn't – I didn't even really – it didn't upset me at all. And the reason I say that is because it's two different – there's two different vibes, okay? You can go to – and this is what I've I've been telling people. I've had a couple people ask me this question in the way that I – look at it is it depends on what you want what experience you want from a show uh scraping the coast it's uh, obviously a, a larger venue it's uh kind of an attraction show it's, a, it's at the beach um but you're going to have a more wide range of vehicles you're going to have you know you, you, there, obviously there's going to be some you know some bro dozers or whatever oh, dozers too got you some mall crawlers okay maybe. So, you know, um, you're going to get the Carolina squad or whatever they call it down in, you know, in, in Louisiana, Louisiana lean, whatever. I don't know. What's a Louisiana um, lean? But, uh, the same thing? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going. I just made that up, but I think it's going to catch on. Oh, dude. That, that, will be, that will be hashtag in our description. I promise you that. You get full credit to Justin White. Hashtag Louisiana lean. But, what you, what you like I say, there's two back? different there's two different fields okay so sure. you know that's a bigger event um a lot more going on if you want more of the all right chill let's uh you know let's go over here and get us a, a moonshine slushy hang out check out some rides be more personable have a little bit more time to breathe and rest easy and kind of have a just have a fun filled event sure or obviously we always promote it as uh, family friendly dude you know you can bring your pet as long as you clean up after them you can bring your kids Walk around, have a good time, go hang out with your homies you ain't seen. That's what we provide, and we do it in one day. If you're looking for a whole weekend full of fun, by all means, I'm not here to hold anybody back. Go to Scraping the Coast if that's what you're into. If you want to come hang out and be in a more social environment, a little bit more one-on-one, and uh, obviously a lot less, I guess I could say, clustered. Sure. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um Come visit us. If you want to do something a little bit larger scale, go see the guys at uh, Scraping the Coast. It's Fair enough. No that, big deal to us. You know, that's one thing I can say about your show is that it is so laid back, and it really feels almost like more of a family reunion than than anything overtly competitive or, or anything like that. It is a great place to kick back under a tree and to catch up on old stories and BS and, and just see some top-quality ride. I mean, you guys do a great job, and you know it. So let me ask a little bit about the history of the event. This is somewhat of a okay. continuation of but this is somewhat of a continuation of the show that you guys used to put on Border Town Showdown. And in a sense, we did Border Town Showdown, and 
doing a show in Virginia was just very hard, and it got to be expensive. I was coming out of pocket every year. Oh, wow. And uh, um, it was just one of those things. I mean, we were breaking even, but barely. And um, I had a lot of, I had some life changes and stuff, and pretty much, um, you know, I had a promoter at the time that was, that had jumped on board with me and we had a falling out and I just uh-huh. felt like the best thing to do at that point was to stop what I was doing there. Kind of moved on for a few years. Sure. Jason, you know, Jason McCracken, you know, he's my best friend obviously. And then, then RJ, they came to me and said, they kept pushing me and pushing me. We need to do another show. We need to do another show. And I said, the key word that you guys said is we, not me. <laughs> if you want another show, we will do another show, but I will never do a show by myself again. No, I totally understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, I love seeing shows that have roots in older shows or people that used to be involved in older shows come back. You know, you're you're a great example of that. You had experiences with other shows, but then you pulled your resources and got a a crew together that just worked seamlessly together uh, to put on an event. And, man, you can already tell just you're having more fun with it. And, And when you have fun with a show, and, again, this is from experience because there was a couple of years that I wanted to pull my hair out, what's left of it anyway. (laughs) <laughs> but when you're when you're having fun, it changes everything. Not only does it change the experience for you as a promoter, but it, it extrapolates itself to everybody that's there. They can really appreciate the extra effort you put in because when you're having a good time, it's easier to put that extra five minutes of thought into it or do that extra bit of advertising or whatever. So so it really shows. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems to be just a, there's no other way to say it. I've said it three times, but just a well-oiled, smooth-running machine at this point. Did you just say you had fun promoting your show during the show or just promoting I'm trying to be nice. I never had fun with the H word. Ever. <clears throat> I, I would imagine. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really cool. You know, you I'm, say you put on a show, but I've got this have bu- fun at it. That's, that's a I've got story. this button. I can hit it mute, and it totally mutes your mic. I'm just saying. Oh, I, I got the feeling. Okay. So, anyway. Want to use the H word um, Let's see. I think that we kind of give people a overview of what you do, and your venue is wonderful. Um, have you considered, and especially with what I perceive to be a large increase in attendance this year, have you considered making it a two-day event? And, and the Tri-Cities area there of Tennessee definitely can support that. I mean, you know, they've got so many hotels and the infrastructure for it. And and it's so cool that you found kind of a niche right there in between Bristol and Johnson City. Piney Flats is, to me, a lot more comfortable. I'd rather go to a small-town show than a big-town show any day. Absolutely. Um, We've discussed the, the, the two days, and uh, <clears throat> it's not something that we ever really want to do. Um, obviously, if it came down to it, and we had to. We knew we were going to be the first show of the year. We could we could make arrangements to make that happen. The biggest reason I'm not a fan of two day shows is from for me. I'm not I, I'm not saying for everybody. I like going to two day shows. It doesn't bother me, but it's not for me. Understood. Sunday, I want to I want to clean the event up. I want to go home. I want to chill. I want everybody to be able to to drive home safely. Uh, get up in the morning, be able to head home, especially if you're, you're coming, you know, Maryland, Illinois, you know, we've had, we've had quite a few travel a good distance, you know, um, actually, uh, Jason from, uh, OLP drove up from Florida last year. You know, I want him to get home safe. I, I don't want to do a two day show just because I like being able to, as long as we can maintain it and do it in one day, that's what I want to do. Now I will say that this year it's going to be a little bit different. We haven't really advertised and pushed it that way to this point uh we were just kind of waiting and uh i don't know if you guys seen the the announcement but brant from graphic disorder is doing his open house the friday of our show the one that he used to do for laid out right that's awesome our weekend okay that's great great yeah that's that's a blast i've attended that several times Right, so um, with Brant doing obviously all of our artwork, he's doing our trophies this year. He does our flyers. He's basically doing everything for us, and also, you know, also you know, him and Eric are both uh, members of the same club. So we, we try to support them. They're local to us. Everything we need, we can pick up. They usually don't even run our t-shirts till like we, we go pick them up the Friday of the show. So it's it's really nice having them local and having such a great business and and a good friendship and uh, relationship, you know, business minded with them. But uh, with them doing that on Friday, we're actually, our plans are, we've been telling all of our vendors that we, we want them in on Friday, if it's all possible. 
we're actually gonna um, we're gonna let people come in on Friday. We've we've got the insurance covered. We're we're gonna have people come. You can come in on Friday. You can hang out. You you can go. You know, get you a moonshine slushy. You can do the same things you're gonna do on Saturday. But we're not really gonna be having a show per se. If you want to get judged on Friday, that's even better. Bobby and his staff will be on on hand. You know, they're gonna they're gonna knock out what they can. If you want it done on Friday, that's just less they have to worry about on Saturday. You can leave your vehicle overnight. We have security on site. You know, the gates get locked. So um, we've not really pushed it as a two-day event because that's not really our goal. But if, uh, kind of a quality two-day event. To show, yeah. we'll, right. As, as we get closer to the show, we'll let people know, hey, you're more than welcome to come hang out with us Friday. Go check out Brent. Get you a T-shirt. Get you some food. Check out what they do down there. Watch some shirts get printed, you know. And then if you want to, you know, come on back and hang out with us for a while. I mean, that's awesome. I love to see that. It's so nice sometimes being able to uh, unload the truck, especially, you know, if you're showing a frame or something that doesn't drive under its own power. It's so nice to be able to get that out uh, and not have to worry about it. Actually get to enjoy yourself just a little bit more so you don't have to do that early morning. And plus, I know trailer unloading and stuff when the show is super crowded just becomes such a hassle. So I think that's a really good move in y'all's part. Well, thank you. We were just looking at it at the same perspective as you were and trailer parking and trying to get vendors in and everything else it's so hectic trying to get a show set up on a saturday morning and the more that we can do on friday is just going to make a better experience for um for everybody um ourselves and the spectators included absolutely man so we've talked about your show we've talked about the current happenings in the mini truck world but as you are our first mini truck related special guest we're going to ask you a couple of questions about being a mini trucker. For example, uh-huh. steering away here from the whole, you know, your show thing, do not mention the H word because whether <laughs> or not it is an answer, I will totally take it as pandering and I will delete it from the broadcast. But with, good. with that in mind, what is your personal favorite show memory? Personal show favorite memory. I think I added more words than you did, but that's okay. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> there's there's several I think that we can fall back on personal favorite that's really hard I'm probably not going to hit exactly the the right one I kind of blindsided no. you and, and like the that. other question yeah like Shay says I'm kind of a dick like that okay well I'm going to go with uh, show memory I'm going to go with uh, there's so many um, but I'm just going to throw a random out there that, that meant a lot to me and that would be uh, I'm going to say laid out in the park 2000 and I want to say six. Don't quote me, but I think it was 2006. Um, Mitsubishi was blue uh, then. And uh, actually, two weekends prior to that, Brandon Burrell, I went to Asheville, and he shot the truck for mini trucking, which was, like, the biggest goal ever. You know, obviously, you you guys are mini truckers. You get it. Mm -hmm. That's a huge feat. And uh, so when I got to laid out in the park that year, I was still high on that. Truck was freshly completed. Now, that's um, that's when it was Porsche Riviera Blue, right? It was Porsche Riviera Blue, right. That was fresh, fresh, new, 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 new blue. So, uh, yeah, it it was, it hadn't been out long. You know, Brandon shot it. I got there. Dan Davis from Tailgate asked me to shoot it. That was, that was huge. So, he shot it late out weekend. So, within two weeks, of two magazines that jumped on it. I was, uh. I was on cloud nine on, on the, the best mini trucker status of the world. Um, and I think the same weekend I, I got uh, best import mini. So that was probably one of the best weekends memory wise, just because it, it, you know, everything that's ever been done to my truck has been done, you know, by friends and, and my dad's been there the whole step of the way, sure. you know, whenever everything else, when the body work and, the, and all that stuff done and, somebody does their thing there's still work to be done and my dad's always been the one and he's he's the reason that it got the recognition it got and because he's so particular and he's so picky and he wouldn't let me half-ass mini truck things <laughs> he made me do it the right way well i know exactly how that feels my, my dad is really my big help on mine too we we do all of it together and he keeps me from doing the half-ass thing too like uh, if i attempt to let's say not saying something or just half-ass and just zip tied together, he stops me immediately. Like I, I look like a complete jackass trying to do something like that. But yep. that, that's a one thing that all three of us share in common. In 2000 or 2001, I don't remember at this point. I'm getting old. I got my first ever good tax return. 
but I was so excited about it. I was like, man, I got this Sonoma, and it's got four-inch <laughs> blocks, and I'm going to go out with this money that I just got, and I'm going to buy me a brand-new set of badass 17. And, oh, uh, yeah. And my dad looked at me. He's like, you're a damn fool. I'm like, wait, wait what? <laughs> what? What's going on here? And he said, you can be the first person here in this region, you know, here in Letcher County in Eastern Kentucky that has something on air. Why don't you bag it? So my dad actually talked me out of a what would have been an amazing set of, I'm sure, 17-inch Lexani ripoffs or something. Instead, <laughs> instead, I spent every dollar I had and, and went to a fabricator in London, Kentucky, and we got the worst ever FBI kit. And that's, I'm sure you remember FBI, Justin. Oh, God. Uh, they had mm. the, the awful tractor trailer truck tank air tanks and, and the blitz left valves and, and oh, yeah. Home Depot hardware. And, and in three days, including me sleeping in my truck because I ran out of money for a hotel after the first night, uh, for three days, <coughs> we slept there in the, in the truck and bagged the front of my Sonoma. I guess, I, was in, I guess it was in early 2001 because I, I think the NCAA tournament was going on. And then on the way home in the middle of the night, I was so excited. I'm going to be the first bag truck in Letcher County in eastern Kentucky. And I was about, I don't know, 15 miles down the road, and I hear, and an airline burnt on my exhaust manifold. So then I spent the rest of that night, because we didn't have phones back then, man. I may have had a flip phone, and I spent the rest of that night on the parkway. Some guy come by the next morning and had a good phone, and I called my dad, and we, and we got it back on the road. But, you know, those kind of memories, wow. that, that's how we form. And that actually was going to make me go into the next question I had for you. What actually mm. got you into the scene, Justin? I remember it as clear as, as a bell. I was probably 12 or 13 years old. We'll go 13. Sounds good. You know, I have to say we're old. Sure, yeah. Um, I lived in Moorhead City, North Carolina growing up, and I remember... I was hanging out with my friend Paul one day, and his dad had this, uh, this T-top Camaro, and he decided he was going to take us out riding around. So we uh, we hopped in it. You know, we're living at the beach. It's all good. I, you know, we were probably listening to some terrible 80s band. I'm not real sure. But, uh, you know, either, either way, you know, he, you know, here I go again on my own, you know. And, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Blue jean jackets. Yeah, we're totally yeah, not going to cut know, that. So. Before we all look. Terrible, but uh, anyways, um, we ended up at the at Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. And funny thing is, man, is I'm friends with those guys. Some of those guys to this day, man. Actually, a friend of mine, Fred Allen, he's a member of Pebble Pushers. He was in a club called Magical Concept. That's a name I'm not Magical heard a long Concept. time. Yeah, Magical Concept did beach, uh, beach cruise, and we rode over to the beach, and his dad parked car, and we got out, and we were looking around, and it was like. Low rider heaven. It was like it was low riders. It was mini trucks. You know, I mean, I'm talking like all I remember at this point is there was stuff that was low. I think there was some ground effect, and but I, there was like this clear picture in my head. There was these two hot chicks. I mean, they were hot, hot, hot <laughs> in bikinis, sitting in the bed in the bed of a Nissan, dude. I do it every time. Had a hot tub, and I was like, you know what? This is me. This is where <laughs> this is this has got me written all over. So, from that point on, it. Um, it kind of progressed, man. And from that point, uh, I met a friend named Matthew Cornwell. I'm still friends to this day with his brother, Jason, on Facebook. He had a Mazda, dude. I remember going over to Matthew's house, and he was like, we went to his basement. I was like, what is that? And he's like, that's my brother's truck. And I was like, he's like, he ain't old enough to drive yet. He's 15. Had a Mazda, had the shell, had the Rockfords in the wall. It had a set of 15-inch hammers on it. And I, I mean, chrome rocker trim, I was, it was like on like Donkey Kong. And I was like, from that point on, that's all that I thought about. My like, co-host is actually salivating time. over here. This is getting really embarrassing. I mean, mm. you're, you're hitting the feels right now, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, from that point on, I just like every time that I would like go to the Walmart or anything, any of the grocery stores, I'd find a mini truck and my mom would, I would talk mom into buying this for me. And I would read them till there was nothing left. But I knew that I had to have a mini truck. That was that was all I knew at that point. But I never knew it would get to the point where it is now. That's awesome, man. So, man, you know, being the guy who hosts the largest one-day show on the East Coast, uh, what kind of advice would you give, like, a new show promoter, you know, starting off their own small shows, you know, so that they'll grow? Promotion is number one. How you present yourself 
and how do you treat people? It's less douchey. That yeah, dude. Like don't don't be like I'm doing this show. I made some flyers down at the local uh, you know Kinkos or whatever you got. <laughs> I put them out on every telephone post in town, and I don't understand why there's seven cars here. Nobody wants to support what I'm doing. Uh, no, you. We have social media. It's a good slash bad thing, but. So uh, you you believe more in advertising, not physical, but social media wise, right? I believe in both. Here's that's my, I was going to get to my next point. Use social media to your benefit, but people aren't going to come just because you're posting it all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you got. You have to go out and be the face. If you're not out supporting other people's shows, why don't expect them to come see you? You know, if you're not if you're not making friends in this scene and you're not you're not supporting other people, you're not supporting the businesses that you're hitting up to come vend at your show, they're not going to come you're, they're only going to give what you give them, and, and if you, I've always been a firm believer that if you give somebody the respect that they deserve, that you're going to get that respect back. So that's the biggest piece of advice I can say is is be a man of your word and go out and support the scene. Don't just think, hey, everybody else is doing it, I can do it too. You know, Justin, I will give you so much credit for exactly putting your money where your mouth is. Over the last two years since you really started revamping the show and. I have seen you at shows that, to be quite blunt, we're out there with eight, nine vehicles, and you show up, and you know this big box trailer rolls up at a place that you never in a million years would have thought to have seen your vehicle. And, and, and God, I mean, you put that effort into the scene around here, and I've seen you travel out of your way for shows that really had no real right to have a vehicle of your quality there. And those guys have been so appreciative, but you really put your money where your mouth is there. You know, I've seen that firsthand and uh, that's really impressive, man. You know, one of the cool things about being, hell, I don't know. I don't want to say stature because I'm a nobody compared to you, but I guess both of us haven't been around for a while. It's so cool that we can take a decent truck out and just show up at a small show. And, and you do something like that. You don't know who you're inspiring. Uh, and I have seen so many people, hell, I've, I've seen a couple people talk about your trucks and I can't believe that was here, man, that makes me want to go home and do this and this and this to mine. And, you know, doing that and supporting the scene and, and putting your money where your mouth is when it comes to that, getting out and being personable about it, you have really, never mind, beyond earned my respect, but I think you've earned the respect of every mini trucker in this region just because of it. Well... I appreciate it. That I mean, it's humbling, I guess, but I just always looked at it as if I tell somebody I'm going to do it, I try to do it for them. I don't, I've been, there's been lots of shows within the last two years that I've really, really wanted to go to that I just haven't had the funds or, you know, life hits and the kids or whatever. Something else came up that I didn't get to go. Sure. But for the most part, if I can, if I can get to the event and those people you know if i'm telling somebody i'm going to do it I, I try to do it because that's all we have is people is our word and absolutely brother. we don't have that we don't have anything else well i tell you what i promised you that i would only keep you for 20 minutes i have kept you considerably more than that i'm afraid that shay and i we're talkers and we're going to let you wrap up is there anything that you want to leave the people listening, the the twenty three listeners of the LCD podcast, is there, <laughs> is is there anything you want to leave the listening audience with? I mean, do you have some parting words that you would like to share, or any nuggets of wisdom, or anything along those lines? All I all I can really end with is uh, I'm honored, guys, that you you took the time to to listen to me. I'm nobody. I'm just another guy that puts on a show, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me rant on your podcast and. And honestly, it's, it's it's just humbling that you guys, you know, even thought of me to uh, to come on and talk to. The biggest piece of advice, or I guess my parting words, is is we're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. I want everybody to stay safe and stay home and listen to what they're telling us to do, so that we can get out in the scene faster and we can get back to doing what we love to do, which is is go to shows and live our lives. The biggest piece of the advice I can give to everybody is when this is lifted, get out there and support the shows. The only way that they're going to continue to grow or they're even going to be here is if you get out of your garage, get out of your comfort zone, travel to an out-of-state show, go local, do whatever you have to do, but get out of your garage and go support everybody. Absolutely, and in the meantime, in the meantime, I think it's a great idea to support those vendors that still offer mail-order business. You know, my buddy Dan Harvey, uh, I'm pretty sure that he has a couple of cases of shirts that he has printed for some of the shows going on this year that have been canceled, and he's not the only one. There's any of the T-shirt companies, any of the parts vendors that may make a lot of their money from 
uh, the show events. You know, give them a little love. Kick a little extra money to them that you may have otherwise spent on a show. And let's try and keep these mini trucker related businesses in business. Absolutely. I agree 110%, brother. Justin, man, tell everybody where they can find you online. You can find us at facebook.com slash East Tennessee Showdown. You can find us on Instagram at uh, East TN Showdown. And uh, we don't have Twitter because... Who the hell uses Twitter anymore? Children. (laughs) Athletes and NASCAR drivers. You don't have Twitter? I don't have... (laughs) You you know what? I bet bass fishers use it. I've had enough. You've had enough of my time. I can't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Justin, thank you so much for joining us today, brother. We appreciate it more than you could ever know. Is this the first podcast interview that you have done? Uh, This is my second. I was on on OLP last year to discuss East Tennessee Showdown, but it was a little bit uh, bit more show-related. You guys touched on a lot more bases. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, if you ever need somebody to give you some of his – crappy advice or whatever i just gave you call me (laughs) absolutely man everybody out there make sure that you find justin wyatt on facebook you find him on twitter follow like share and subscribe him and east tennessee showdown once again my friend thank you very much thank you buddy y'all have a good evening you too man take it easy dude you too buddy so now that's over what what is your opinion on it shay what do you think about the conversation we just had with justin wyatt well my big question is do you really think the first show of the year may end up being East Tennessee Showdown. I mean, I really do. I really think that's a possibility. Um, based on the kind of three-month model that we seem to be getting, the end of June would be a very likely candidate. I figure if that's the case, everybody budgeted for the entire year, you know, to go to shows, and I think that he'll be bombarded with everybody that was going to go to other shows. I think so. I think I see what you're saying. Um, let's say that people literally hoard up their money you yeah. know, for the first couple of months of what would have been show season. And then all of a sudden his show's there and everybody knows it's a great show. It's put on by, you yes. know, one of the big three clubs and, and well-respected, you know, people overall, regardless of that, um, they're going to take advantage of that and show up in droves. I think, I think it'll be, well, imagine this, if that stimulus package actually goes through, most of us have jobs that are essential to everything. Right. We're right. truckers for and example, mechanics. Yeah. I make and, meth. Uh, and Wait, you make what? meth. I, what? <clears throat> all right anyway. anyways um so uh, you know the the thing is like if, if they do get a stimulus package and you people are getting that extra money and they'll do their bills if they don't do their bills they'll take that money as a budget to go to the show and you know thing, i had i hadn't thought about that could you imagine but, how much i mean like that's what really what run shows could you imagine guys walking in so essentially extra three or essentially what you're saying is that my guy my president number 45 president trump is actually funding the mini trucker show season. Do you know that today he agreed with the Democrats? Well, I don't care. I, I'm bipartisan. Dude, I'm, I'm, a, I guess I'm a registered Democrat. You're an anarchist. I don't yeah. want to hear it. Well, I am an anarchist. And so, you know, uh, sociopathic, straight edge, atheist <laughs> jerk. To quote CM Punk. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's. I was a punk fan. The, well, I didn't know punk was a straight edge the other day. Oh, dude, he's one of my inspirations on that. And of course, minor threat. Um, Any whom. Minor Threat. Hmm. Not really. Although I used to listen to Minor Threat quite a bit. But then one day I just kind of stopped. I'm like, you know, they're really not great. No. Yeah. If, I, when it comes to punk music, man, you, you got to get down with the offspring. You know, I really dig the 60s punk, the old garage punk, the Squires and stuff like that. You let I me mean, listen to Squires. Squires are pretty sweet. Yeah, there's that's, that's some The some Zombies? Pretty wicked. Wasn't, wasn't they considered punk at the time? I, you know, I think maybe, but like the animals definitely were. Oh, the animals, hundred uh, percent. And of course, everybody thinks House with the Rising Sun, which is not. That's but that was a cover. I mean, you, that was just a great cover. That was like Shine Down doing whatever the hell Shine Down did. I guess it was all ballady BS. But you know what I'm talking <laughs> they about? They did. Uh, what was the cover? Simple, 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 simple man. Yeah, yeah, hey, okay. it was a great cover. You gotta give them that. Right. You know. Okay. No. But <laughs> you're the one who went and seen them live. I seen them twice. You can. <laughs> well, see, I seen them ten years apart, and. Ten years ago, they were actually pretty good. So you Actually, that's probably 15 years ago because well, they opened for Three Door Down. So they started off as trash, and ten years later, they're still trash. Worst trash. Oh, dumpster fire. Hey, I'm going to blow your mind. The best concert I've seen in the last few years was Papa Roach. That's, that's awful. It was amazing, and I hate Papa Roach. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, just Papa Roach. Well, hell. The guy got skinny, and it just wasn't the same after that. 
Well, it's true. Worse, could have been drowning pool and he got dead. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I All forgot right. about the guy dying. Yeah, we'll probably have to write that out. Um, <laughs> but, which means I will totally forget but, it. But imagine this: imagine all of these mini truckers coming in and saying they get that stimulus package and they have an extra thousand dollars in their pocket a month and their bill's done. Imagine them coming to that show. People will travel further lengths because they have cash to do it. Oh, with. yeah, this podcast is about shows, isn't it? Yeah, uh, man, we, we really skipped. Today. We really skipped out on that one. We did, we uh, did. But you know, think about it though. How but much money? Shine down. Oh God. Awesome. <laughs> now the best show I ever seen was was probably Hatebreed. Really? Oh, I okay. love it. Okay. It was great. You, the entire crowd sang the course. Interesting. It was great. Interesting. <clears throat> what the hell was that? My leg touched the mic stand. Um. Okay. Cool. How, how do we get better mic stands? We order them. Anyway, so <laughs> as we were saying, uh, before that was my foot. Really? Can you kick anything I, else? I, I can kick all kinds of things. Why don't you just kick some walls? Let's go slam dancing. Where's can the mosh pit? Can you hear that? Don't I'll, do that. I, I love mosh pits. Don't do that because Ivan's going to knock back. <laughs> Probably will. So you know, I, I stage died once, <laughs> twice actually. <laughs> he laughed about it, but I did. did Stage dive, mosh did pits, circle die? pits. Uh, I was skinny, so oh, they caught me. Oh, okay. Well, that sucks. Yeah, I, I was probably like 150 pounds lighter. Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm fat now. I used to be no, skinny. It, it happens. It happens, it happens especially right. when you get a sit-down job. What the hell were we talking about? I think we at one point we were talking you about know, we did music. this great Justin interview, and then we just devolved into this shit. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't wing it next time. Maybe we should actually make a plan. You know... So, you know, this was a 2020 year in preview episode, and we did three of them. Um, so, let me ask this. What shows do we miss? I know of one that we did not discuss. God, I tell you what one I really miss. No, I don't mean miss. Well, hell, okay. Well, you know, that's not really what we were talking about, but what do you miss? What, what's the one you miss more than anything? I miss Laid Out the Park. You know, I also miss Laid Out the Park. I have been around long enough to have literally attended... I think one year I missed. And other than that, I was at every one. So. What year did you miss? It, it wasn't that stupid time in my life. I was living in my truck and <laughs> it, it was it was dark oh. and awful oh. and we don't really talk about it. Oh, yeah, so I don't remember what ages. those 12-ish-y, 13-ish-y, mm. I don't know, somewhere around that time. But anyway, that being said, so yeah, I missed Laid Out the Park, you which know, is really ironic. How's that ironic, man? Well, I don't know. You tell me how that's ironic. Or is it coincidental? Oh, it could be coincidental. Don't you think? I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess that look on your face, you may have talked to somebody. The look on my face right now is a lack of sleep for about a week. You sleep every week? (laughs) (laughs) I used to. So... You know, there's a chance that well, let's save that to the end of this, okay? We'll come back to that. We'll come back as to we that. wrap up because let's let's talk about one thing before that. We'll get right back to that. Okay. What shows in our discussion did we miss discussing? Uprising. Uprising. Yeah. That's a show that's gone. That is a show in Maysville, Kentucky, uh, put on by Kira and Daniel Ross, and I don't remember what club they were in. Daniel Ross was in Dedicated at one point. See, I never understood if Dedicated, after Brandon Perry and everybody left, it was a club or a shop, because Mike McKinney know. had the shop named Dedicated, and I don't know, that, that always confuses me, but uh, that show had a beautiful setting, uh, did make it several times, actually, I was there three or four times. Uh, had a beautiful setting, a kind of a baby laid out the park almost. Um, hmm. It was a horseshoe shaped park around a little lake, and it was just really, really nice Sounds and pleasant. It was. It's in Maysville, Kentucky, northern Kentucky, which is kind of a river town and stuff. There's some old history BS there, and uh, that is where Rosemary Clooney is from, George Clooney's mother. Huh. Of a, random things. That is random. So they're not doing that show this year, and it kind of broke my heart. Um, they're one of the earlier shows, aren't they? They are. They were always very early. Uh, and my memory is fuzzy. I can't remember if they were 1st of April or 1st of May. That's but it really was a, early. It was a very early show, and weather kind of hammered them because of that a couple times. You know, Well, we have, Eastern, we have that Kentucky weather where we get rain and if, we get winter. And hot rain. <laughs> and cold hot rain. rain. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Temperate rain. Sahara <laughs> Scott rain. Scott ain't the truth. <laughs> um, we also love uh, Sparks. 
Spar- Sparks, yes. We didn't talk about Sparks. Uh, Sparks and Pigeon Forge or yeah. Sevierville. They, Sevierville. It used to be Sparks at the Cafe, which is one of my favorite shirts. I literally have wore it until it has holes in it. Um, and that was at the old, and I hate the N-word. We used it enough in Justin's interview, but NASCAR. <laughs> the, the NASCAR <laughs> Cafe uh, there in Pigeon or Sevierville, rather, and then it moved and... I don't care for the showgrounds they're at now. They're at the Sevier County Fairgrounds, and I realize that's probably the best option for that show. But to me, that I always like a show that has some, how do I say this, its own area, because you kind of identify, well, just as an example, Greenville, Mississippi, Showfest, you knew exactly what that showgrounds was, and there was no other show on that grounds. Laid Out the Park was just Laid Out the Park. It wasn't, Laid out the park this weekend and Jimmy Bob's Rod Run next weekend. <laughs> you know what and, they what, what realtors say? Location, location, location. Yeah, and, and and you know I bet you I hear they're growing a lot. I did not go last year. Uh, I went a couple years before that. Well, I went for several years in a row before that. I didn't go last year. I heard they're actually growing, and I'm really excited about that possibility because they may grow out of the showgrounds they're at. And if they like it, hey, more power to them. It's just not my favorite because it is a fairgrounds, it's on a back road, and there's so many other shows held at that same fairgrounds, and that's where the identity thing comes in. It's true. I don't really dig the fact that three weeks later there may be a Volkswagen show, which, I mean, I'm down with the Volkswagen show, that's not what I'm saying, but there may be a Volkswagen show on the same grounds. And then, like, a month later, Jimmy Bob's Rod Run, you know. Well, a show needs its own location. You're right. I think so. I I think that builds the identity. Like I said, think of some of the greatest shows you've ever been to, and you knew exactly where they are. Yes, and that place will always stick out in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, you can pull into that town or that area, and you're like immediately, "This you know, is where this show is." No, absolutely. Like you just know your home when you're when you're on the way down, you know, uh, a mountain and see a sign there that that makes you realize that you've made your long journey. You know, we used to get to the Welcome to Greenville sign, and even then, uh, when Greenville moved or Showfest moved from, to Tunica, we'd see the Welcome to Mississippi sign and know that we're always there. And 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 you know, you get that that kind of identifies that. I hope that, hell, I hope they grow so big that that fairgrounds becomes synonymous with their name and it just bleeds everything else out. That would be sweet. That would be pretty cool. Anywho. We also uh, got... Uh, we forgot Sparks, and that's in August. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's in August. Yeah, that's that's a cool time to go down. There's also a Slamology. It's in June, first week. Sure. And, I, and I'd say most likely it's going to get canceled at this rate. You know, you're probably right. It is the biggest car audio show of the year. God, that's amazing to me. It is the biggest. Because when I went a few years ago, it was the biggest donk show of the year. Oh, I didn't see a donk last time I went. I passed, passed three times. Now, you went last year, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. No, no I didn't go last year. You were the year before because yeah, I remember I, seeing pictures. My buddy got so. married last year and I didn't get to go. Gotcha. But the year, the two years before that, I went and it was hot. You know, and it no sucks dogs. when people put an event on the same weekend of a good show that you want to go to. Oh, it but, is. But anyway, it, weddings, come it's on. Not, it's not really a nice thing to not, do. Not weddings. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, also, what about running for the hills? Well, you know, I guess with the loss of laid out at the park, we've also more than likely lost run to the hills. That's uh, Jeffrey Dillard's other show that he yeah. puts in October, November. And laid out the park, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I believe they benefit the COSAR Cosair Children's Hospital, the Shriner Children's Hospital. The Run to the Hills is, I think, a food bank type thing or a Christmas type thing. You can bring wrap toys or something like that. So you're saying that Laid Out the Park was a charity show and it wasn't all about for Well, yeah, court. I thought everybody knew that. Um, no, no. According to the internet, I see a lot of people that don't really know that. According to the internet. Yeah, right, I got that, you. Yeah, you know the problem with So that. you know what? I'm going to talk about that for a second because you just that, that's something that really bothers the hell out of me. You go right ahead, man. Um, ran away. Nobody... That, and I and actually sometimes I think the H word might have actually had something to do with that mentality where the H word, you know, that one show. Uh, well, I know that, but how, how did it have to do with it? Was I made no bones about the fact that I was there for, for one purpose when it come to money, and that was for the Kentucky State Police Shop of the Trooper program. Children my need da- toys. My daddy was a trooper. Uh, my hero, David Combs, was the trooper, and he was big time to that program, and it was amazing to see the KSP actually take kids out locally 
and take them by the hand shopping in Walmart and those kids knowing that they're probably not going to get a Christmas anywhere else. And man, that really, that really got me in the feels, you know? And, Absolutely. And I loved helping that program. Well, I say I, but it's everybody. I oh, mean, those, obviously, yeah. uh, every mini trucker that's ever spent a dollar at the H word uh, has contributed to some kids Christmas. Well, I'd like to know that that show, um, I heard your name for a long time and I didn't think you were a real person. Because I, I always hid. Yeah, you disappeared. Well, you know, yeah. So anyway, H word. Anyways, um, so how so but, okay, how the mentality come from it? I don't. Know. Well, okay, I think that because I was so adamant about that, mm-hmm. I think that people took my. I'm not even sure what the right word is here, but but my attitude towards that, and tried to think, well, if if these shows, you know, Lee seems like a decent enough guy. Well, okay, Lee's an asshole, <laughs> but we agree with his cause, and that's really cool <laughs> that he's pushing that, and he's he's trying to push that so much. So why isn't every other show openly as adamant about it and, and et cetera, et cetera? And then all of a sudden, just this mentality is like, well, if your show isn't giving all of its profits to charity, then your show sucks, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to bring my rattle can, you know, body dropped S10 that, that was that's stupid. put together with a 110 a, uh, Campbell Hosfield from Walmart in a parking lot somewhere. <laughs> Did I have a trucker tank on the back of it? Oh, you mean like I used to have? That was a real dig move. So, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> was, this, was it flat black, too? No, I never owned a flat black vehicle in my life. No, the tank. You're an asshole. <laughs> and I'm sure there was some god awful, you know, period correct mini truck or t shirt vendor sticker on it or something, oh, too. Well, so, you know. Um, but anyway, that, they're for one Built real. Not bought. Okay, anyway, yeah. yeah drag and destroy. <laughs> I think that that people, God, I'm stuttering like a drunken Because you're mad. Man. I can tell it in your face you're kind of upset right now. Well, I don't know. It just pisses me off because we're talking about Jeff. I mean, let's just let's be honest here. He really busted ass to put that show on. And Jeff will tell you that he was not really a hardcore mini trucker himself. He wanted to do something for his hometown. He wanted to do something impactful. And shit, man, he did. He, he was multiple time mini trucker magazine <clears throat> show of the year. The H word only got it once. And that was people's choice. That was not the photographers and the editors all voting. You know, Jeff. That's got, because the Jeff, H word was chaos, and it was beautiful chaos. Yeah, like I said, trailer park show. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, laid out was legit uh, title that, and really deserved it as well. But no, I think that attitude all of a sudden went: we, if you don't give all your profits to a show or to a charitable cause, then we can't come because that's just wrong. And Jeff did. That was a funny thing, but. Unlike me, he never crammed it down people's throats. He was pretty confident in the fact that he put it on the flyer once or put it on the website once. It's good enough. Why do you need to keep And me, on the other hand, I'm like, look at me, look at me, let me tell you about my cause. <laughs> and I'm like a Jehovah's Witness about it. You know, knocking your door, like, hey, can I talk to you about the H word in the state police shop with the trooper program? You know, for years, I didn't have any idea what, you're, uh, what you was giving money to. Because, see, I don't care. What because you were often drunk. After I arrived, thank oh, you sure. very right. much. Absolutely, uh-huh. so. <laughs> but you know, see, to me, you know, a show can be for profit. It doesn't matter. It's about the show being good, right? That's, that's absolutely. The whole thing. So anyway, backtracking a little bit, because we're going to wrap this up because people have listened to us long enough for this episode. They love us. Uh, yeah, and and this is going to be another hour long episode. So essentially, if you combine all three parts, we're pushing three hours. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Fatty's not going to be happy. He's not. No, not going to be happy at all. Okay, so, um, but back to the Jeffrey Diller thing. I think that where he didn't cram it down people's throats like what I did, people were under the impression that, well, he don't have a body drop truck, and he's not telling everybody about his charitable cause. Yeah, he's had actually had body drop trucks before. Uh, And he don't, you know, cram this down people's throat, so he must be pocketing that money, and blah, 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 blah. He wasn't. I mean, hell, I, he showed me some of his, his donation slips and stuff like that before. And he was actually making major donations, bigger than I ever did at the Shop of the Trooper program to his, his charitable causes. I don't know, man. That That's just uh, where Where do we get off in this rant at? Um, get I, off my lawn. I, don't, I God, don't know where it started from. But, you know, people got to understand that. Man, ADD is a blast, isn't it? It is great, but it, it makes is. for a good show. No, it does. It makes it there is cool. nothing good about the last twenty minutes of this show. Ever since oh, we no. got readjusted, man, it just went straight to shit. <laughs> but we're fun to listen to. Oh, we're a blast. Oh, uh-huh. absolutely. Oh, I think we are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so anyway, um that being said, next episode, man. We're wrapping this one up. Twenty twenty is done. We've talked about the other shows. We talked about uh and we may bring up the uprising a little bit more because the next episode 
will be, if this was a 2020 year in preview... We need a show that ended then. We need a show about what we lost. Exactly right. We need to have a show to talk about the major events that we lost in 2020 and beyond. Well, here's a kind of a funny question for you, though. With everything going on, do we include the shows that have already been canceled for this year? Don't break my heart, Lee. Uh, that, that was dark, wasn't it? It was okay. very grim. Very, very grim, very grim. Um, well, I just slapped my hands like a moron and immediately made the level spike. That was really slick. Beautiful thing. Okay, so next episode, we're going to start out, and of course, if our attention span allows us to stay with it, focusing on major shows that we have lost. And if we're going to focus on major shows that we have lost, you got any ideals that may kind of help drive that point home? What? Anything maybe we should... No, I'm asking you. Anything maybe we should do or... I think we should interview a very famous show promoter. Interview some, really? Okay. Yeah, I well, think we should. Do you have somebody in mind? I would like to do Jeffrey Dillard. You would like to do Jeffrey Dillard? Uh, wink, wink. <laughs> well, let's listen. Okay. You'd like to interview. <laughs> yes, yes. You know I what? Like surprise, what? surprise. Just a few minutes ago before we started recording this, Jeffrey Dillard confirmed that he will be our next guest on the next episode of the Lowest Common Denominator podcast. Holy shit, you guys hear that? We actually get to interview Jeffrey Dillard. One of the most polarizing, and I say that with respect, and most successful show promoters in the mini truck world here in the Appalachian Mountains, and regardless of anyone's personal feelings towards him, nobody can take away the fact that he brought a show that all of us looked forward to. You know, that was the first show I'd ever heard of. That's the first show that I've ever seen of that size. Uh, you know, well, that's not accurate, but that's the f- first show this local that actually was a national show. Mm. I mean, yeah, I'd been to Showfest uh, at that time. I'd been in many nights back when it was in Pigeon Forge, and obviously that was a different animal. But as far as, you know, within two hours of where we're at here, that was the first major national show I'd ever seen. And the first time I'd went and seen multiple cover trucks here in the mountains. And it was pretty wild having a backdrop of the big hills we see every day and seeing, you know, the little shop of Horace Blazer and, and stuff like that. So, so cool. I miss it. I, I legit miss it. And uh, that being said, this next episode, we will get an opportunity to actually, I don't want to say sit down. I've not got that far ahead yet, but probably have a phone interview with Jeff. And we're going to talk about it. We're talking about what led into his decision to have to cancel the show and maybe some of his best memories and, and a little bit about the history of it. Oh, and I'd, I'd honestly, some of his show advice would be real nice for all of our promoters. Well, God, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm sure that he has some wisdom that he would like to share with everybody. I mean, he, he did grow a show in this area to a major show. Yeah, so yeah, I, and that's and that's hard to do. It is There's, not easy. In, in, in the mountains, that has only happened a handful of times. True. Uh, I've seen... And on the East Coast, it's apparently happened about a handful of times, let's be honest. In the grand scale of things, yeah, most of the massive, massive shows have been Midwest and West Coast. Absolutely. So, we didn't talk about Camp and Drag. Did we talk about Camp and Drag? You touched on the fact that... That I want to go back, yes. Yeah, and then you bust me about the application process. Yeah, I did. Camp and Drag is in July? It's hot. Oh, my God, yes, it was. (laughs) It's hot and it's humid. It was so miserable around that lake up there. Uh, so, I can only imagine mosquitoes and everything, right? It, it was. Uh, I don't remember mosquitoes, but I remember corn. Lots of corn. <laughs> Everywhere you look, corn. And that time of year, that damn corn is so high <laughs> that you're driving on a straight road for 30 miles, and all you see is corn, 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 corn. Uh, do you like corn? No, well, not anymore. Actually, I know I don't like corn. Children of the corn. Uh, anyway. <laughs> You want to wrap this thing up and go home, man? Oh, yeah. We can call it for the night. I think it's. I think we can call it for this episode. This has been the first ever episode, part A, B, and now C of the Lowest Common Denominator podcast. Um, I hate that my voice is in sinusy Sunday, Sunday, Sunday mode this last last part, but meh, it is what it is. Yeah, y'all, y'all still love it. If you have enjoyed for some reason what you have listened to, and God, if you have, why have you not done better with your life? Why why has it devolved into listening to a couple of idiots with microphones talk about stories that are only funny to them? Um, If you like what you listen to, please check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash lcdpodcast. You can also just do the at tag at lcdpodcast. We like to hashtag things also with lcdpodcast. And randomly, I like the hashtag things with hashtag make Harlan Farva great again. (laughs) 
I'll explain later. <laughs> oh, that's good. So remember, uh, not great again. Damn it, I screwed that up. Make Harlan Farva famous again. I'll, exp- oh. I'll explain that later. Um, that being said, if you can find us on Facebook, please like us, share us, subscribe us. We are begging for appreciation. We're here. on YouTube too, aren't we? We are on YouTube. You I'd... all need to subscribe to it. If we get 100, we can do live. Yeah, if we get 100 pres- prescriptions. I, you know, prescriptions? I've done that, I've done that twice. That's Easter twice. Kentucky, baby. Uh, subscriptions. If we get a hundred subscriptions, we will actually do live feeds. We will do some random live feeds here, do some live podcast and really make ourselves look like morons without the ability to go back and edit it. Oh yeah. We didn't really think that through, did we? Oh. So maybe you shouldn't like us. You shouldn't subscribe. Yeah. But we're pretty. Hey, oh God. Here we are. Dude, we posted pictures. They know better than that. So yeah, I think we're pretty. Oh Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so, like us, share us, subscribe to us. Please share. That is the most important thing because we want to get the word out about this LCD podcast. And remember, we don't want to make money. We don't care about even getting our name out for the fact that we want our name out. But what we do want to do is what little tiny bit of wisdom we have, what little bit of knowledge that we've managed to amass over the years, we want to be able to share that because somebody out there may benefit from that information, like Dr. Byron's interview. Absolutely. Somebody, you know, according to Justin, I mean, he was taken with that information, and somebody benefits from that. So, well, and all the advice we get from show promoters, and we give out. I mean, like we could be making the new promoter for the next laid out the park. You never know. Hey, you never know. Uh, There might be somebody sitting there listening right now, thinking, "Hey, you know what? God, these guys are morons. I guarantee I could do a show better than them." (laughs) Have at it, and I'll come. <laughs> you, did, you did say you want to do Jeffrey Dillard. Hey, ah. Uh oh. Hold on one second. Since this is the last part of the first episode, we need to run the club name generator. One oh, we more so time. do. We oh, so we do. do. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for episode one, we're going to run the random club name generator. And today's <laughs> choice is Dress. Erratic Society. Erratic Society. Wow. We're doing a lot of stance clubs. That's a stance club, hundred percent. That's that's definitely a stance club. Um, oh wait, we'll do it one more time. One more time. Unhinged rally. <laughs> that's a drift club. That's a drift that's club. Definitely a drift uh, club. Wow. Well, wow. we have not got a mini trucker club. Deranged was it? Deranged syndicate oh, or deranged society? Deminent society. Deminent society. Oh, we got society twice. We got society society twice. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to populate this list a little bit better. Yeah, that's what we can do it next time. So I want to go home. Yeah, me too. And I think everybody listening by now is thinking, God, I wish those guys would go home. I, I don't know. You know, I'd say they were like, I wish those guys would shut up. For my co-host Shay Mullins, I am LMC, and for some reason, you have dedicated entirely too much time to making it through the first, second, and third parts of the first episode of the lowest common denominator podcast. Fresher than brown eggs, baby. <laughs> we put the cult in culture. <laughs> I love cults. Shay loves cults. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We will see you all in a couple of weeks with our special guest, Jeffrey Dillard of Laid Out the Park Fact. I reckon it looks like you've done wasted half an hour or more listening to the voice of the low life. <laughs> You're still in the spirit. Don't fret. Them boys will be back out of their hollers in just a week or two with the next part of this fine episode. Thank you for listening to the Lowest Common Denominator podcast with your hosts, Lee and Shay. See y'all next time. <laughs>